Welcome to the FTM Formula One podcast. Trevor along with you alongside Harry Tucker, Connor McNally, and we do this show. Thanks to the good people at KO after each and every Formula One Grand Prix. Um, we start the show by talking about whether or not you, the dear listener, who may not have watched the Grand Prix live as we did, because we get it. Not everyone is as crazy as we are, because it started at 1am. Um, Connor McNally, are you watching the KO Mini or are you watching the whole race here, my man? I think I'd have to go for the KO Mini for this one. Um, it, it just felt like a bit processional, even though there were some moments of you know, excitement here yep. and there, but it's more of a KO Mini for me. Harry, what about you? I agree. Um, this was probably the hardest race for me all season to actually stay awake for, but that could also be due to being the, the worst time zone for us possible. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm, I'm with you. KO Mini is going to give you everything you need um, because it was a it was a good race, uh, but you know it, it 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 actually didn't go too long. It was pretty much an hour and a half, but it uh, it would drag on because it wasn't that action packed. But there was enough in there to to really keep me awake, and that's what I would say is it wasn't um, it wasn't the worst race of the year. It was just uh, uh, in terms of trying to stay awake during a race, but it had some had some good stuff. Uh, as we say, we do it all thanks to the good people at KO, and the Bathurst One Thousand is coming up just two weeks away. So if you haven't got KO now. Um, I reckon it's the perfect time to sign up because there's a lot of motorsport coming up over the next couple of weeks and uh, KO's got you covered in that sense. So, look, it was uh, it was a fascinating thing and I, I want to talk at the end about... I'll, I'll be honest, I've had a revelation about Formula One. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Okay? Oh, we're going to make us wait to the end for that yeah, as well. Yeah, we're going to wait till the very end, okay? And it, that's only if I remember. So <laughs> please hold me to that. Uh, when, when oh, we will. Goes. We will. Um, but... The race overall, Lewis Hamilton led from the very start. Um, we'll talk about the grid mix-up in a minute, but uh, Lewis led from start to finish, essentially. Uh, Max Verstappen coming from seventh to finish second. Fernando Alonso with his first podium since 2014. Uh, Sergio Perez in fourth. Esteban Ocon fifth. Lance Stroll sixth. Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc seventh and eighth. Lando Norris in ninth. Sebastian Vettel in tenth. It was... Um, look... It, the, the results are fascinating because of what they do to things like the championships at all levels, which Connor will go through for us at the end. But Harry it did start the morning. Uh, I don't know what time you tuned. Whether you had, whether you had, did two stop this, and I, I had to sleep before the before the race. But tuned into the coverage at eleven thirty p.m. our time, and we only at that very moment did we find out that um, we were getting grid penalties for all the mm. yellow flag drama at the end of qualifying. Yeah, it was so late. Like yesterday, or was it this morning? Um, after after qualifying, they they've come out with um, what do they call them? They just referred to the stewards. Was yep. at that point that was the yep. first thing. Um, they were referred about missing the yellow flags in qualifying yesterday. But it was just, yeah, it was so late. Usually, I would have thought that would have been done within a couple of hours. You know, after that, it seemed pretty cut and clear um, that it was there was double yellows and and a couple of cars got caught up there. In particular, Max Verstappen. But it was um, tough though because the problem is. Um, Connor, one of them, Bottas got a pen, three place penalty. And, and for did not. One flag, mm. one yellow flag. Uh, Max got a, a five place grid penalty because there was two waved yellow flags. Carlos Sainz drove past the same flags, uh, yeah. but didn't get a penalty. I just, I mean, I'm kind, I'm kind of with Martin Connor on this, which is, you know, I, I support the fact that we have to uh, obey the, um, the flags and they're there for a reason. But Jesus Christ. It was like a shamozzle the whole end of oh, qualifying. It was a shamozzle. And, and this is the thing that, that one or two people pointed out on Twitter um, the, earlier this evening was usually the rule state, the FIA regulations state that 
the final grid has to be locked in and official four hours before mm. the race start. Yeah. They left it as late as like 90 minutes until the race start. And they, they could just, have decided yeah. this. I don't understand like, the justification with that. Like I, I just during the race, I was thinking about it. I, just, I can't think of the reason why it, it took that long for the decision. No. Unless they were they were mulling over the fact that technically there were other guidances that were missed. So what I noticed about qualifying, watching it live, was this, and it happened tonight during the race. And it's it's unfortunate, I'll be honest, that it's FIA's volunteers weekend trying to encourage people to be marshals <laughs> yeah. um, because it felt like there was people pushing buttons and waving flags without any consistency. That the the the, the totem pole red yellow flag notice would flash up then go green flash up then go green it's like you know every second yeah. marshal point was was against each other and at the end of qualifying it did the same thing it went yellow green yellow green and that i, I think that the drivers have every right to be confused because who knows what was on their dashboard for that time if we were seeing the yeah. yellow green yellow green harry it was even happening during the race um, yeah. i think it was with latifi when latifi had a puncture you just you're watching the screen as well, and it was probably four times it, it changed in quick succession. And you know, in if in qualifying, if you're in the the wrong spot at the wrong time, like that, you could get stuck in that situation. But then at the same time, like with the double flags, like I get it, and we still have people with flags because you know electrical systems don't work, and, mm. and that still should be a source of truth. So, and that's why the penalties happen. Yeah, the the Carlos Sainz thing though, uh, Connor is a challenging one to understand because you've yeah. really got to you've got to assume that he lifted, um, but it didn't uh, according to a couple of the reports. So why did he get away with it? And the the challenge for Max Verstappen was Max was frankly the one that should have got it because he was at the he was the very last car on track. So he was I think they said he was some fifteen to twenty seconds after. Gasly had even stopped yeah. um, in qualifying. His team should have told him there's a car stopped on the on the pit straight. Let's be honest, that team deserved the penalty because there's a car stopped on the straight. <laughs> no matter what, that's a yellow, surely. Oh, it definitely was a yellow flag situation without a question. And I think Red Bull were very, very silly to not let Verstappen know that there was a car on the track stopped, even though it was out of the racing line. That's still in a dangerous position. And Max should have seen the double wave yellows. In fact, if he saw the, he should have seen that the car was on the track first and foremost, should have backed off and he didn't. And the onboard is clear as day. You could see that he didn't back off whatsoever. So he deserved the penalty. As for signs, we'll never know. I mean, we could go back for the telemetry and see if he did back off, if the, you know, that there was a blip in the, uh, the, the throttle control, whatever. We'll never know about that. Yeah. So science was just pretty lucky, I guess, that he was able to get away with it. But it just shows this year that there's been some inconsistencies. I mean, there's been, been some good calls in terms of penalties. Well, I think Lewis made some, the point actually on the truck when he was told about Max's penalty that actually it is consistent because he was given a three-place three, three mm. grid penalty for not obeying a yellow flag he claims he didn't see. So maybe actually there is consistency, but... The inconsistency of the Carlos thing is probably what what troubles most. I think it's mm. fascinating though. In the in the lead up to the race, we've we we wake up essentially. We start the day with this. Oh my god! Okay, new grid. Uh, Max is back in seventh. Valtteri's I think he started eighth or something like that. Uh, he started um, six. Six. There was six and seven on the grid, weren't they? Side by side. Um, you you had all the commentators uh, ha talking about how this was an impossible track to pass on. So <laughs> this was not going to be an easy place for Max to get through. 
Uh, Max had other cars in between him and Lewis that were a long way off. In the end, well, they were wrong. Um, let's be clear, because the start of the race, I th- I think this was this was an awesome one to to look at because we were talking before the race about you know who's going to lead the first lap and Sportsbet actually dropped that odds off there. They didn't offer it. I, I got on Pierre Gasly before they they cancelled the the market or didn't cancel but stopped offering the market. Um, Gasly and Alonso were on soft tyres. Hamilton on the mediums. It was assumed that and this is replicated at previous races isn't it harry that the soft just great off the start because they're stickier yep. but that did that didn't eventuate at all did it we, we you know, hamilton just got a cracking start i mean is it also just that you know his car is that much faster too like it, would it would it normally he have gone way further at the front because he he's oh. he, he still had a very good start and i think Ga- gasly did not have a great no. so it wasn't a bad start but it wasn't a great start either on those tires and I think Fernando had had a decent start there also on the softs, but he, hmm. he sort of didn't have the best line. And um, and then, yeah, so I wonder if it was the temperature there. Obviously, you know, we'll get into it more as, as we go on, but tyres are the, the central to what happened in this race. Yeah, that's what And I'm... it didn't seem like any of them performed in the way that people were expecting them to perform. Well, I wonder, and Connor, this wasn't mentioned at all that I heard in the commentary, but I wonder whether the, the track surface played a differentiator in that soft versus medium start performance because it's a track that has barely been used. It was dusty as heck. There was zero other running. How is the Formula One yeah. management allowing Grand Prix? How are they allowing tickets to be sold to something when there's five sessions? What is there? FP, one, two, three, qualifying. There's five sessions. And how there's no support. It's, that's it's outrageous sport. to me. That's because we're getting paid for it. I, come on, Trevor. Oh, I mean, yeah, okay. I'm still no, trying no, to... I'll take that. I'll come back. I, I was just talking to a friend about um, uh, someone who got into Formula One through Drive to Survive um, and and messaging me all the time about how he's loving the racing and stuff. Doesn't Not obsessed like we are watching every race up late, but is, has arranged to go to the Formula One Grand Prix in Melbourne with his mates and they're going to jump on the pre-sales for the grandstands and stuff. Where should I sit? And I'm like, dude, mate, Book a grandstand for Sunday, but for the rest of the weekend, just go GA and just wander around, yeah. enjoy the atmosphere. You pull up at one corner for this race, one corner for that race, and if you do that on Friday, you get to establish where you want to be for qualifying. And like it's it's an exciting weekend. So the, I just think, and, and kind of just because I, I got off track, but surely because there's no racing, that that changes the grip level on that that racing line and mm. that grid. And that actually means the softs don't play as big a role in the start. Or maybe as Harry said, it is just the speed of the car. Yeah, p- quite possibly. Well, let's not forget that the LaSalle circuit is specifically designed for MotoGP racing, the motorcycle mm. circuit. And when you've got a MotoGP weekend, like they do at the start of the season, they have three races and so there's more rubber on the circuit. But the fact that we didn't have any support races at all, which I think is still shocking in itself does the moto gp always have moto two and three at every race yep yeah see this is where formula one goes wrong i mean they've got to create a i know it's different because it's much more global but i don't know i just feel like that's that's a real downfall of the Mm. of the sport is creating that generational like actually the computer game does a better job at promoting f2 than the sport does. Do you know what I mean? Like my son mm, comes yeah. up to me last week, goes, Oscar's in the F2 now. Like he can race against Oscar. He can, he's a part of the game now. You know, it's, 
that's exciting, and I think they missed that opportunity. But is it um, the cost? Do you reckon? It's I assume it's much cheaper yeah, to absolutely to fly a, a motorbike team around the world than how much team. money are they making? They need to decide. Anyway, that's a Liberty Media money issue. But you're right. I, I just it's a cost thing, no doubt. I, I just think I just think that Liberty missed missed a great opportunity to bring either Formula Two or Formula Three. Well, I know Formula Three finished their season ages ago, but they could have had the opportunity to bring Formula 2 over to compete an extra round in that championship or what have you. Well, I think the the hard thing to understand here is that they're in Qatar. It's 70 kilometres from Saudi Arabia. They're going to be in Saudi Arabia, F2. Okay, I understand why F2 is not in Australia and maybe... You know, we've got it sorted. We've got supercars. We'll have this five thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. We've got, we've got mm. some cool stuff on track. There's no dramas there. <laughs> but in Qatar, but where you just get like a Middle Eastern bloody Carrera couple, as if they just don't to have lay down some Mercedes, rubber. you know, crazy yeah. racing going on there. There's got to be something going on. But anyway, um, the Max was up to P4 from the start, so a, a cracking start for Max. And you can imagine Max with the adrenaline would would be doing that. Uh, I think on. Lap three, he radioed that I'm a little stuck here because he was behind Pierre, who was <laughs> who was in um, very uh, at that point fourth. Was he? No, he was in. Third. He was in third at one. Third, point, yes. Yeah. Um, so it was it was Hamilton, uh, Alonso, and Pierre, and then Max. And Max was like, um, "Can we get some help from the sister team?" Um, Pierre ran amazingly wide on the final turn, which I'd not seen many drivers do, um, allowing Max to get past him under DRS on the straight. So he's up there. Um, he's he's doing pretty well. And I think the the next interesting thing was that I saw was Toto Wolf on the radio on lap uh, eight. Um, Valtteri's in 11th place. And Toto gets on the radio and goes, come on, get these cars. <laughs> Oh, that's a pretty pretty strong move from the boss, Harry. I mean, you don't you don't normally hear him talk at no. all, like on the radio. No. And so for him to come out and you know tell him to get a get a friggin' move on, um, big deal. But you know, it's it's the point of the season. There's only you know a handful of points between the teams, and every one of those points matters. Interestingly, Connor, he did too. Like he got a move on. He did. And let's face it, Toto got on the radio because he knows that there's a Constructors' Championship mm. up for grabs as much as there's a Drivers' Championship up for grabs. So everything is at stake in these final few races. So, And, and the, the fact of the matter is is that Checo was making a move up through mm. the field. Remember, he started in P11 after missing out, getting into Q3, and he was going up the field much, much rapidly than what Valtteri was doing at that point in the race. So Because around you know, this point, Sergio was up to sixth. Now, there's some obviously you got some benefit off the start, maybe, but you know, he was mm. he was racy. But I actually made the made the note to myself, Harry, here that while processional, the faster cars are clearly making moves up the order. Like there was yeah. this was the point where I noticed passing was possible. DRS was working. I think that was fascinating. So this is like I was yeah, I was thinking about this, and it's a weird problem that Formula One has. So a track like this, even there was a lot of overtaking. Like there was way more than average, I reckon. But yep. my issue with it is that literally all of it happened because there's this really long straight and you're getting DRS. And if you're just kind of close enough, because it's long enough, that DRS will give you enough advantage by the end. Mm-hmm. But it, it meant that we we didn't get really much tension before the overtake. There wasn't there wasn't these couple of laps of getting close and you know, will they weren't there in this True. corner. It was just one second they were there, then they were overtaken. That was it. There was no battle. Yeah, we didn't really see any tight stuff. They were clearly able to stay tight enough around the back of the circuit, which is twisty. They were able to stay tight enough just to be close enough for the DRS 
to get past. And you're saying you didn't have back-to-back laps yeah. of battles. So essentially, if you were going to get past, you're going to get past. Otherwise, you were just stuck there. I think Dan was stuck behind a few um, drivers several times there in this race. Um, Dan, by the way, finished back in yeah, 12th. Day for him. Yep. Um, not, a, not a great race overall strategy. They tried, but you know, it didn't work out. Um, Connor, the, the I think lap... 15 Lewis had a seven second lead over Max. Max is now in second place. Um, but there's clearly no response. Like Max at no point tonight had an edge over Lewis in speed, lap speed at all. No, I think Red Bull, I think they were kind of caught napping a little bit. They just didn't have the pace. I'm still trying to work out where they kind of went wrong in their well, – maybe more in their setup. I think if you it's ask like, Christian, it's the rear wing of the Mercedes is where they went wrong. <laughs> yeah. He's been he's been really moaning about it, you know, that it's 0.2 out of alignment or what have you. And he's been, he's been really talking about it, you know, on Sky Sports and everything all weekend. He said there's still an anomaly with that DRS on the Mercedes. So, you know, okay. They got the penalty last week and we saw what happened with, with Lewis. He had a fantastic weekend in Brazil. But yeah. – um, they just seem just couldn't seem to match the pace of Mercedes tonight. It's actually fascinating. Um, and Harry, I don't know how much of the weekend you watched. I only watched qualifying in the race, but mm. they spent a lot of time pre quality talking about this rear wing drama of the Mercedes. But it interestingly was kind of referred to in passing tonight, but none of the, the vision or the interviews or anything were really shown tonight because the, the backstory here, if, you, if you're kind of with us for the race but not worrying about the rest of the weekend, is Red Bull have got thousands of photos of Mercedes rear wing, like at 600 mil zoom from the side of the track at speed under load, which shows that there's kind of this, um, imagine a, a scrape mark where the rear wing, the lower part of the rear wing that isn't meant to move under Darius is actually kind of pushing down. And so it's moving um, a couple of millimetres. And they're saying that because under load that rear wing moves, um, without the aid of DRS, uh, it, that's illegal. And so this is going to play out, I think, between now and Saudi Arabia, which could backfire on either one of the teams. Because if Red Bull's putting all their emphasis, Harry, in, you know, we're, we're going to win this off the track through, you know, stewards, um, but Mercedes might also lose because maybe that is how they're getting the advantage. Yeah, and when did when did uh, Christian first notice it? Did he did he say that? Well, he says they've got Brazil? photos. He says they've got photos going back to I think Budapest. To Bud- um, but that, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I think that's just them analysing photos going back that yeah. far. I think they noticed. Look, bottom line, Mercedes is fast, and they're like, hang on a minute, we were fast, and so how have they done this? And it's straight line speed that Mercedes has gotten back. So I think they they just analysed every part of the car and went, hang on a minute. <laughs> Here's that. It's like but, the pennies just dropped, isn't it? Yeah, but insane. Like if they think it's from Budapest, like the, this this like straight line pace that Mercedes has at the moment, I don't think that's been around since Budapest. It certainly it seems more of a thing in the last last few races. So yeah. if that's what that is, but you know, is it just getting your getting your opponent's head, like things like that, just yeah. playing the psychological game? They're so neck and neck. It's near the end of the year, like. You're just trying to get any advantage you can. But in terms of these two teams, I think it should be noted that, um, Connor, I think it was 17 laps in, in, 17 laps into a 57-lap race. Lewis was 30 seconds clear of everyone Mm. but Max. And I think that just shows... That shows a couple of things. Clear air helps. Um, He's driving a very fast car, but... You know this. This is this is very much a two horse race, as we well know. But that is a that's the interesting or problematic indictment on the sport is, 
he's 30 seconds ahead. It's just insane to think how anyone can compete with that, Connor. And I, that's the yeah. challenge the sport has. And, and the fact is, Alpine just couldn't hack, hack the pace of what Mercedes and Red Bull are doing right now. And I, I should also mention is that Mercedes have got that fresh engine already, the internal, internal combustion engine mm. in Hamilton's car right now. So that's still nice and fresh, even after two races. So that's going to help him going into these final two races. So yeah. that, that's giving him a slight advantage. But you're right. The, 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 the parity across the board at the moment is there's, a, there's no parity. Yeah. There's a huge disparity. Harry, I think uh, not even mid-race. We're talking around probably lap 18 or so, maybe mm. lap 20. We started talking about, hang on a minute, so this is very clear. There's, there's one stoppers and there's two stoppers in this race. And this, again, becomes critical towards the end of the race. Um, because, you know, Max and Lewis and all these guys had uh, pitted. Um, Pierre went very early, I think, because he realized his, his strategy of trying to lead the race was, was gone. But the, those on softs were really pushing it out. But I think Fernando got to lap 24 and was clearly one-stopping. Um, because if you get in lap 24 on the softs, you, you're assuming the hards are going to go the remaining 30-odd, 30 33, 34 laps, right? That, that was the point in the race where I thought, Harry, I don't know about you, but I thought this could get interesting. Yeah, yeah, I was, and I even thought for a second there that there could be a split strategy between Mercedes and Red Bull, and then obviously it made no sense um, when you think about it in terms of, you know, if you're leading by that much with Lewis, you just mimic what's happening behind you to yep. to, to make sure you don't get caught out with anything. But I think Lewis noticed that, didn't he? Lewis was like, yeah. we, we should be going longer, and it's like, Lewis, dude, we're just going to copy what they're doing because then we just stay ahead. That's smart, Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and that's why I'm not a, that's not why I'm not a Formula One engineer. Um, but it did, it did create a lot of, uh, a lot of different outcomes. And I think it was one of these races where I don't even think there was a clear, uh, better decision because someone like Gasly ended up getting screwed by the double stop. Um, yeah, there was, got a podium. yeah on the sing Yeah. And so it worked out for some people. It didn't work out for other. And then you obviously had, um, people on the single stop and Ferrari where it worked out for them, but then you had others like Bottas and, uh, oh no, Bottas didn't do it, but, um, Fernando or Fernando made it, and Latifi's tire blew, and like there was, yeah, it, it yeah, didn't. Know, it I was unclear who was. It's who actually the right one. not not a horrible. Um, it wasn't a horrible strategy. I think Ferrari one stopped, didn't they? They did um, both of them. You know, so I did. They double stacked it. Stroll came sixth for Christ's sake. So you know, I think the one stop worked. I gen I, I genuinely do, but. I think the the challenge was, and this is obviously now known to them because they, they've now had a race here, and it'll be interesting next time we come back. But Connor, the problem started to arise when uh, Bottas came in with a puncture on lap thirty four, um, and you know it kind of looked like it was nothing other than just you know he got a puncture, he might have went off wide, and the curbs were a bit aggressive on the second phase of the curb and stuff like that, but. Um, that actually led to a lot more going on because I think, what do we have in the end? Three front lefts lose, Connor? Yeah. Yeah, and let's not forget Latifi and, and Russell all try to do one stoppers. Mm. I think it was more of a case working those tyres very, very hard because let's not forget Alonso started the race on the softs and he basically almost got to within half distance of the race yeah. on that set of softs. And I think he looked after those softs a lot better than what everyone else did when you look at everyone else across the field that were on that one-stop strategy. So, and I think that played a huge benefit for Alonso. Uh, you look at Bottas and, the, you know, like he had to really work hard. Once he got the, the rocket up him by, by Toto, he had to really push his way through the field. And 
the two like races he... that were most affected by the tyres were Bottas and Norris. Bottas had the puncher. Norris had a slow punch. He didn't actually have any, kind of a disastrous um, um, failure of the tyre, but they think mm. they picked it up early. So Norris had to pit, and I think he would have got fifth. Um, uh, I think Sergio would have gotten past Norris. He would have ended up in fifth. But those mm. are valuable points, and we'll get to the points in a bit. But, Harry, Norris getting a puncture cost McLaren Way more than just Big fifth time. place. Yeah. 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 Um, it's put them significantly behind Ferrari now in the Constructors Championship. And look, in a selfish way, if uh, he's standing his position there, I would have had quite a good bet come to fruition. Oh, so what I'm was that? personally, uh, I can't remember. I think it was both Ferraris in the points, Lewis Hamilton to win, um, Norris top six or oh, something. And it was wow. paying out about oh, 45 to one. Oh, oh we, we, I know. We, we feel for you, mate. Thank you. Appreciate it. But in it. the end, all my all my bets lost as well. So, <laughs> and Connor's locked out of his sportsbook account. So, but um, accidentally, 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 whatever, mate. You got they they caught you um, fine cotton scandal wise. Yeah. Um, Alonso, oh, I don't say that. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I can't think of any other betting scandals. Um, um, I thought I loved Alonso because Alonso's awareness of a race is probably second to none. Um, mm. He was. You know, this is well before the the virtual safety car, which did come out for one of the uh, one of the tire issues. But Alonso was on the radio saying, "Tell Esteban to defend like a lion." Um, you know, trying <laughs> to stop Sergio, Sergio come come through. And do you know what, Connor? I'll give credit to Esteban. He mm. he he was passed under DRS aggressively without any challenge, but he didn't let him go. He, he did well. He did. He had a surprise. I thought it would have made an easy job of it, Perez, but uh, Esteban did everything that he was told to do to drive like a lion, and it didn't pay off. But geez, he gave it. He didn't make it easy for for Checo whatsoever. And I thought that was really decent of Ex- of Esteban to make a fight of it. Yeah, um, oh, you're, I think you're generous. I didn't think it was much of a fight. Come on, he was about the only driver that went to turn three and four side by side. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. But I mean, that, that sort of. Reinforce what we're saying about the track is that we're, we're commending someone for making three corners. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well played. I'll, I'll pay that. The, the final thing about the race, I think, um, was after you've had these three tire failures and you start analysing the numbers, it appears that you know the people whose tires failed were at like lap 33, 32 of their life, the hards, and you've got Fernando Alonso in third place, and he to make it to the end. He has to go think 34 laps on the hards. And so, Harry, honestly, I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm like, oh, dude, this yeah. has got to oh, – don't let this happen. And a virtual safety car had to come out to pull oh. Latifi's car off the track, and I thought, oh, that's it. That's the lap extra kind of life that, that Fernando needs. I, oh, that, was, that was all I was thinking about the entire time was like this is just an absolute blessing because I was convinced. Like I was just – like waiting for it's going to be the third last corner on the last lap and he's going to get a puncture. I was certain of it. So I'm glad that happened. <laughs> so, the TV yeah. thing reminds me um, as well, though, about the whole aspect of this track being a motorbike. Yes. Track because they could not get, he, he couldn't get the car in a position, um, even though he was able to get the puncture uh, to, to an exit spot in a way that it was, marshals could easily remove it because that gap there, is built for motorbikes. Hmm. And you notice that the 
gravel rocks go all the way to the wall, whereas in a lot yeah. of F1 circuits, you've got that kind of um, just a little bitumen road uh, that runs on the inside of the track that they can kind of drive along. Um, and it was just all, yeah, there was the gap, gap, even the gap in the track looked too small to get a car through. So, yeah, I think that that's a, that's a negative for the track in, in no uncertain terms. I think they're skipping a year here, aren't they, Connor? And, yeah, they are. And it's been with the World the, Cup. And they're so, never coming back here. I think they're coming back for 10 years in a row. No, no, they're not coming back to this track. It's going to be a street oh, circuit, a, isn't it? Oh, really? I don't yeah, think they're that's coming what they're back talking here, yeah. That's what they're talking about. Oh, yeah, it looks good. like they're going to a, a street circuit in 2023. So, uh, look, if that's the only time we're going to race at LaSalle, well, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do if they go to a street circuit yeah. in, uh, in a couple of years' look, time. Look, I, I absolutely loved seeing Fernando on the podium, his, his enthusiasm, his excitement. You know, to be of his age, which sounds ridiculous as an old man to say that about him, but, um, <laughs> but to still be competitive and driven and oh, that's what you want. And it's awesome. So mm. it was a good race in that regard. Um, we do it all thanks to KO. And if you haven't got KO, jump on, grab, uh, grab a subscription. You can sign up for a KO mini and watch a whole bunch of formula one for free without needing a, a paid subscription. And that makes it all the world worthwhile, but there's KO um, freebies for a whole range of sports. So log on, see what live stream sport is like and what uh, catching up to sport through things like, how many are like just quickly on the teams boys um this there's there's kind of two teams worth pointing out here and i think that you've already made up made a, a shine of it there harry but red bull and ferrari i think are the biggest winners here because red mm-hmm. bull were able to you know grapple two big um points finishes whereas um, mercedes by the way bottas had to dnf we don't quite know why probably the damage from the from the puncher um and just like he was out of the point so why not save the car and the engine frankly um and then ferrari you know seventh and eighth for ferrari isn't an impressive result but it's way ahead of mclaren and that's what matters connor yeah absolutely and i mean seventh and eighth place it's like you know six points that they collected it just shows how important teamwork is and I think Harry, that's that's why seeing Sergio come through. I think Sergio coming through for the team mm. is the most important thing that's happened for them this year because I think it will prove the difference. And when when Connor goes through the table later, I think it will prove the difference in that team. You know, coming close, if not winning the world championship for constructors, Harry. Yeah, like it didn't it didn't quite look like it was going to be that way at the start of the year. Like it, it's it felt like we were going down that same narrative of, you know, this second Red Bull seat type of thing that's happened mm. for, for three drivers in a row now. But the last few races, he's pulled it together and it's what they've needed and it's what they wanted um, Pierre Gasly to be able to do a couple of years ago and what Albon um, after that, and he couldn't in Paris mm. can. And, and that's he's doing exactly what they need at the moment. And while it is a team conversation, I want to talk about the individual drivers and we've talked about Fernando, but Esteban did well, Connor, to, to finish mm. fifth and and that's a great result for him and behind him, Lance Stroll. So again, there's a strategy at play there. That's a one-stop he, strategy play, but he, Lance Stroll yeah. finished ahead of both Ferraris and both Alpines finished ahead of both Ferraris. And he finished ahead of his own teammate and Sebastian Vettel tonight. So mm. that was a really decent outcome for Lance Stroll. But you're, you're right about Esteban as well. Like he just played the perfect backstop to Alonso tonight. So great, great draft by him to finish in the top five. And it certainly helped Alpine in terms of the constructors in their battle against Alpha Tauri. So, mm. yeah, it's going to be a real fight. No doubt, Pierre Gasly, Harry, would be the most disappointed driver of the day. You know, starting, starting on the front oh. row and finishing 11th is just, that's just gutting. You, you're and looking was, at every lap yeah. thinking, what did we do wrong? The strategy, it was just bad pitch strategy, I think, for them. Yeah. Like he, he mm. after that second stop, like he, he was kind of stuck in traffic, you know, in that 
11th spot there behind Seb for, for ages and he just couldn't get past. And I think if they if they did that one stop, he, he would have easily been probably, you know, somewhere in the top seven. Mm. Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, Harry, uh, Connor, the, the driver standings, um, it's this is going down to the wire, full stop. Oh, without a question. So it's now eight points the difference between Max and Lewis. Verstappen still lead, 351.5 points. Lewis Hamilton, 343.5. Valtteri Bottas, 203 points, but his place in third is seriously under threat by Sergio right now. So Dzeko, 190 points in fourth. He's only 13 points behind Valtteri. He could still take third place, make mm. it possibly a 1-3 uh, for Red Bull at this point. Uh, Lando Norris, 153 points. He's only a point ahead of Charles Leclerc in six who's now cleared out from Carlos Sainz. So it's now 140, uh, 142.5 points for Sainz. Daniel Ricciardo, 105 points still in eighth place. Pierre Gasly, 92. Fernando Alonso, 77 points in 10th position. I um, Can we just analyze the Max Lewis battle for a second? Um, so what is it? Eight points. So mm. in reality, we've got two races to go. Uh, Lewis needs to finish every race. So this, is, this is the thing. Max has the edge in that he can kind of lead slash win Saudi Arabia if Lewis has any problems. Like Lewis is going to have to be very cautious how he drives. They both are, um, but it's actually a legit a down to the wire thing, Harry. Yeah, like it's what are they five? When points? was the last time we had that? I on, I genuinely twenty ten is the last one I, I remember. Was I was thinking you know, with with Weber and Weber and Alonso and uh, Vettel yeah. and. But I think I think there was a bit of a hyperbole uh, in the interview towards the end there where. Um, Lewis was being asked, you know, what's it feel like being in the greatest uh, battle between championship rivals ever? Um, I mean, it's been it's been good, but I certainly, you know, don't put it down on that level for me. But yeah, it's good. It's good there. And I think that was another reason why, you know, with this race in particular, that there was there was no battle between them whatsoever, which kind of, you know, took it out a little bit because this, yeah. this far that, you know, to the end and that being that close, you care mostly about how those guys go against if each you're other. gonna have a championship battle you want it to be on the track yeah That's yeah you don't want to just point. be yeah. taking turns with who wins and and no on track battle and so in terms of battles connor uh constructor championships yeah well it's getting tight there too five points the difference between mercedes mm-hmm. and red bull mercedes still leads 546 and a half to 541 and a half so that is also going to go down to the wire in terms of the battle for third uh, Ferrari, those six points helped them tonight. 297.5 points to McLaren's 258. Oof, um, that race so is run, surely. It's pretty much run now, I reckon. The battle for fifth, well, that's, um, that's changed a bit too because Alpine scored a hell of a lot of points over Alpha Tauri, 137 to 112 now. Uh, Aston Martin, they also got a good run of points there in seventh on 77. Williams on 23, Alpha Romeo 11, and, of course, Haas with no points on the board. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, look, the, the Constructors' Championship is less uh, prestigious in the in the eyes of the fans, but that it'll be fascinating if like, Lewis wins the drivers and Red Bull win the, um, the Constructors or vice versa because it's kind of unusual uh, in, in recent history for that to happen. So I think that's a good thing. I think it'll go down to the wire for that reason. Um, a couple of things, boys. Uh, shout out to Oscar Piastri for um, securing the mm. reserve driver spot at Alpine. But... You know, with Guan Yu Zhou getting the uh, final grid spot, mm. I guess it's not a bad spot to be in. Um, if Alonso and Ocon are uh, racy next year and 
you know, maybe the car does. I don't know. How, how does Oscar get back into the into the grid? How does he get an F1 mm-hmm. seat, Harry? What's your view? I, it's it's a weird spot. Like, I don't think he really had any other option. No. I think it's too risky. You know, people like go to IndyCar or something like that. But once you're out of the, you know, the, the paddock, I guess, like it, it makes it so hard to get back in. And we don't really see much success from people leaving that sort of feeder series and going to another international series and coming back. Mm. So I think that was a huge risk for him. And the I bigger think the, question is how many people do you see come from reserve driver slots? That's it. Which, mm. into the grid. you know, the guy he's currently, you know, hoping to take a seat from now did that, I guess, um, in, in Ocon in a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, different story though, don't you reckon? Because, you know, he's got Toto Wolf fighting the fight for him. I mean, that's yeah, it's the, the only thing, you know, he's, he's, it, you, I don't think there's a talent as good as him that is coming up in the next couple of years. Right, okay. Is I think that is what he has on his side, is that he's just... I mean, obviously, uh, Pacher, who is going to go to Alfa Romeo, but for anyone else, if they're looking for a young gun in a seat and Alpine's not going give to him, give him one, I think he, at least for the next few seasons, is going to be the number one pick. Yeah. yeah, yeah a, look, bottom line, he gets to be in the paddock. He gets to you know, acclimatize himself, which is probably not a bad thing. If, if he does not have a view to a 2023, there's nothing bad about seeing how hard these drivers work behind the scenes, you know, because F2 to F1 is, it may be, you know, a, a, an incrementally big, but incrementally step up driver-wise, but it's the off-track stuff that really, I think, impacts a driver that they can't imagine how big that is for them. And so, look, it'll be great because, he, you know, he'll be in Melbourne and he'll be someone else that people can talk to. So that'll help Dan. A little bit, <laughs> I think, Connor. I don't know. I, I reckon that that'll be a, a win for for Dan to have someone else getting some of the attention. You know, uh, Oscar was on. He he got some good media this week. So here yeah, in Australia, definitely. which is unusual. So it, it is. And look, I think everyone's now starting to get onto the Piastri bandwagon because he's made it to Formula One. Mm. He, he's not going to be on the grid next year, but you know, strange things have happened. Yeah. Like you know, if Alonso falls, falls off a bike or, again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he true. could be on the grid. And that's every possibility that could happen. But, you know, we're not holding our breath. Bigger chance Esteban runs out of talent, which is yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite likely. Listen, um, my revelation, I feel like after 30 minutes, it's kind of died down a little bit, I'll be honest. But um, oh, I hadn't forgot. <laughs> so the thing is, I sat tonight worried I was going to fall asleep. And we all have that problem as live race viewers because sometimes it can be that way. Hmm. But I was just sitting there thinking this sport – is really a season. Like you've got to watch this sport as a season. I was trying to think about whenever I've really enjoyed this sport as a race to race prospect. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm sure back in the eighties, nineties, I'm sure there was some, some great times, some great races, and there's been great races in these last couple of years. But to think about the reality of we've got, what have we had now? 20 something races and we've got a championship that's going down properly to the wire. That's actually the exciting thing about this sport. I know it sounds weird, but the fact that the sport can ebb and flow, the fact that you can have just a write-off of a weekend where cars are you know, not in contention, not in the points, they crash, whatever it is, can literally – like, think about it. Next, next race, as a singular race, if Lewis crashes and hands Max the championship, it's all over. Now, that as a race may be boring because Lewis just goes off or something, mm. but as a championship – I, I guess it just goes to the reason why drives to survive is so big and so important is because you can play something out as a as a season as opposed to a race. This sport would struggle to grow as an event 
you know, race to race. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I don't think yeah, I'm making sense, but Harry, no, I'll just, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, uh, that's why we get excited about this sport is because it's a season long. It is, and I think they do, and I think they've got better at this as well with Liberty. Yeah, yeah. And it's, is it the narrative, like the story of the season, and you know, everyone loves a narrative, and you're hooked in for this narrative of tension between teams, between dra- uh, drivers, dramas off the track, like. It's all plays a part of it. You, you're yeah. completely correct. It's not just like, oh yeah, I saw Sebastian Vettel do something good today. Like that's that's not what we do. I think that's that's a good revelation. Yeah, mm. and I'll tell you where it came from, Connor. I went to um, a soccer, sorry, football soccer game <laughs> um, at Combank Stadium in Sydney. Uh, what was it? Wanderers versus Sydney FC. And mm. like I've never been to an A League game. I think I might have been to one before. Um, uh, it was an awesome atmosphere. Like seriously, the fans are epic. It's very much you know football fans um, cliche, but they were epic. But it was ninety minutes and not a goal was scored. There was like two legit attempts, and I'm thinking this sport's popular, like <laughs> stupidly popular. And you could argue as a you know fly by night fan, it's boring. But I think you've got to understand the passion of the individuals and the passion of the the, the season, and that's why I think Formula One actually is what it is. And I, I yeah, I, I kind of just it was also to that point. I, I said to you guys off there, my son not watching the race live. You know, I'm not sure you need to. I think that's the great thing about we we live in an era today where my 14 mm. year old can get up, in, you know, and at two hours ahead of school, and if it's a super cracking race, he can watch the whole race before school because he can just go to KO and go click click click, and he's done. Or you can just go click, click and watch 20 minutes worth of highlights. That didn't happen when I was a kid. I mean, I'm an old man, but <laughs> far out. We've come such a long way that oh, I think definitely. these sports benefit from the kind of way we, we watch and consume content now, Harry. It's completely different. Like he, One of the big things to use another sport in the NBA is that their television ratings, like their live, you know, you're just on your ESPN or whatever, yep. is, it looks quite low if you look at the raw numbers. Yep. But then when you combine all these different other channels that, that people are consuming hmm. um, and times they're consuming and things like that, it's more popular than it's ever been. And I assume that is exactly the same for Formula One as well. Hmm. And and hmm. for all, all sports like this, especially ones that attract younger audiences yeah uh, i yeah i mean it's a weird thing to be thinking about at this point in the season but yeah i just i just i still love this sport i i, I didn't yeah i didn't hate the the race tonight i you know it wasn't the most exciting thing but i, I loved it and i love it because it's exciting across a year and because of the things that can happen the personalities involved the I mean, the off-track drama, Red Bull versus Mercedes, you know, Christian's just been to the stewards tonight. I don't know what for. We'll have to catch up on that. We, while we were recording, there was some drama going on. But, um, like, that's actually always mm. been part of this sport, <laughs> you know. It's always <laughs> been the way that you're pushing the boundaries of the the limits, the regulations and the laws, bring it on, and that's what it's all about. What have we got, a week break and then two back-to-back, Connor? Yeah, two back-to-back. So we're back on the weekend of Bathurst. Uh, so Saudi Arabia, 4.30 a.m. So it'll be our last early morning start. And then, of course, the last one in Abu Dhabi, which will be a 12 a.m. Uh, start. How's that not an 12th? early morning start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's reasonably decent. Reasonably decent for it's us. Too, it's too early for a two-stopper. Look, I don't want to break to you, but very selfishly, midnight's bad for me, okay? I've got to get up at yeah. stupid o'clock, so... This right. is definitely the worst. The one can, the can, I, can I just... I'm going to have a one-hour sleep here just for giggles. Yeah. <laughs> can I just say, before we wrap up, on what you said before, Trevor, like, you and I are a similar age, and we grew up, you know, having to stay up, you know, when we watched Channel 9 do their coverage. And it's not... It wasn't always oh, oh, live. Big Daryl, like... 
Yeah, <laughs> oh, huge. <laughs> but it also wasn't always live. It always was delayed. Sometimes it was live. But, you know. For- Do you know what? I never knew. Yeah. And that's the critical thing that's changed is, <laughs> like, you don't know. You didn't know it wasn't live. There was no way. Like, Christ, when Senna oh died, God, yeah. I, I, I watched it. I went mm. to work the next morning. It wasn't until lunchtime that the newspaper front page was up. I mean, it, you know, we've come a long way. Yeah, oh my God, the, the information man. is the so horse. much better now. Oh, shut up, Harry. Well, what, <laughs> while we're doing one more things, yeah. this would have also this should have also been Melbourne this weekend. So let's let's pour one out oh. for the uh, the the other Australian Grand Prix that never happened. If that was the Australian Grand Prix that never happened, I'm glad it didn't happen. But um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to next year because that track. The track changes should be exciting. So maybe it was good to skip a year. We didn't need the drama. But, mm. uh, yeah, bring it on. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to work our way down there, boys. Definitely. All right. Definitely, thanks to yeah. KO for supporting us. And thanks to Harry and Connor for staying up and watching the race uh, with me. And, uh, look, hope you enjoyed the race. Hope you enjoy the highlights, whatever you end up watching. Um, and we appreciate you listening. And uh, we appreciate you subscribing, telling your friends, and letting anyone know that if they're not a big fan of Formula One, they can catch up with us every single week here on the EFTM F1 podcast. Connor, Harry, see you in a couple of weeks. See, see you. Then.